And that is the trigger that makes you realize that no matter how bad it now gets, I will never, ever be at that point again. Never. In life, you're not defined by the times that are easy. What truly makes you who you are is how you deal with the challenges that life throws at you with all of the stress, frustration, and toil that entails. Everybody has a story and everyone has had to overcome something. In this podcast, we dive into the inner experience and how to rise above as a winner. I share my personal reflections as a woman, a mom, a business owner, and I have guests on who share their stories on having to overcome incredible things to be the inner winners they are today. Welcome to the Inner Winner Show. If you're somebody who needs some inspiration right about now, who is feeling disheartened because of COVID-19 and the uncertainty in the world and who just needs things to go a little bit more smoothly, this episode is for you. This episode is full of the encouragement that you need and the kick in the butt message that you need to actually see and realize your power, the power that you do possess, the control in your life that you do have. And if I were to summarize our conversation into the main message that came out of it, for me at least, it was the importance of believing in yourself and just going for it, going for your dreams, going for that inner calling that is there for everybody, but we just keep on hiding it. We just keep on dismissing the voice until it gets louder and louder. And somehow we learn to cope, even though the voice is there. And we keep on going on with our everyday life, just the mundane lives that we've created for ourselves, thinking that that's all that's possible for us because that's what we see around us. Or we actually stop and listen to that voice and decide to go for it. And when you go for it, it's because of that belief. It's because of that desire, that burning desire that you want more, that you have more to give, that you you want to serve at the highest level and give the highest value that you possibly can give and let go of everything else. Just surrender the house and just start and the path will reveal itself. So the guest I have on today, she... You'll hear more about who she is, obviously, but I just want to say that she she's incredible and looking back at her life and the things that she's gone through, being a victim of domestic 
violence and somebody who described herself as having low confidence and being the the shy and quiet woman who just wanted to maybe choose the the silent path to now having become this successful powerful woman who really unapologetically is able to speak her truth and who's able to own who she is completely and that was another great gem from our conversation of the importance of just being yourself so that's a little intro to our conversation for the podcast today and you can look forward to many many inspiring conversations with guests coming in the next few episodes that will by the way be more consistent from now on uh, because just a quick little life update here for you I have just moved together with my family we have just moved into our our apartment our own space which is incredible such an exhale and we are getting settled in and we're slowly getting into the routines again and so with that I'm also getting into the routines with my business and the products that I'm working on so exciting times ahead I'm telling you all right let's jump into the episode I gained 22 kilos while pregnant, and as a new mom, feeling exhausted all the time, I found myself grabbing the chocolates and sugary drinks more than I should. Little by little, healthier habits helped me lose a little bit of weight here and there, but I found that I gained the weight back periodically anyway. I thought I could do it all by myself, but it just wasn't working. Finally, I took the plunge and did the C9. After completing the Clean 9 program, which is a 9-day cleansing plan made by fitness and health experts and nutritionists based around Forever's best-selling aloe vera gel, I lost 14 centimeters around my waist. I felt energized, strong. I went jogging 3 kilometers on the 9th day, which was huge for me. I loved the way I looked and was excited for what was to come. It definitely became the catalyst for my fitness journey that has now made me lose all of the excess weight and come back to my normal size in less than two months since the cleanse. This month, 20 amazing people who are committed to their physical transformation and mindset shift will be coached through the C9 program by me and have the chance to be part of an incredible community at the same time. I will work closely with these people, scheduling in one-on-one calls before we begin to be able to meet your specific fitness goals and budget. In the Facebook group Transforming Together C9, you will find your accountability buddies who are with you on your journey toward physical transformation, sharing your experiences together, recipe ideas, snack ideas, and other tips and tricks. And I will come online for additional support and motivation every day. To claim your spot, email me at innerwellnesswoman at gmail.com subject line c9 i'll say that again email me at innerwellnesswoman at gmail.com subject line c9 it is such an honor to introduce my next guest 
on Inner Winner and is somebody that I had the pleasure of meeting during the Women's Federation for World Peace Conference Zoom series that we had just a month ago on work-life balance and feminine leadership where I was the moderator and Madi Sharma, who is the guest, uh, was on there and she really impressed everybody uh, with her enthusiasm and her, her wisdom and um, her passion to really help women step out of their comfort zones. Um, so she's the founder and award-winning entrepreneur behind the Madi Group, which is a group of private sector sole trader companies and some not-for-profit organizations with the philosophy to create innovative ideas tailored to local action, which can achieve global impacts beneficial to society. Madi titles herself victim to change maker as her personal experience has taken her through the university of life from a victim of domestic violence and single parent through to entrepreneur and inspirational speaker. She established her first company from her kitchen at home, which grew to two factories and 35 staff. Today, Madi has been termed a social capitalist as she invests profits from her work into advocacy and the empowerment of others. Madi re has received the honors of Asian Woman of Achievement and UK's Best Boss, and as well as the Woman of the Decade Entrepreneur and Leadership, All Ladies League Award. In May 2018, Madi was listed as one of the Apolitical's 100 World Most Influential People in Gender Policy. And she has authored a book called Madi No Excuses. So Madi. Even, even I sound impressive. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on to this podcast. I'm so honored to have you on here. I'm honored to be honored to be on because to be honest, anything that I can do. So I have a philosophy in life. I have to change one person's life every single day. That's it. If you can change one person's life and make a difference, then I, I, I've got my reason to be alive. And it's become so hard under isolation to be able to do that. So when somebody like you says, okay, you know, I, I had a, an effect on your life when you listen to me, then that, that's great. And through your work now, you are going to help me achieve my goal of changing other people's lives. So uh, that's how basically we can all make a difference in the world. We don't think that we do, but we do. When we speak, people hear our stories, they're inspired, and that makes them also then go on to tell their stories to others and inspire others. And so the chain goes on. It's the butterfly effect. So pe people should remember that. That is amazing. Thank you so much. That is such an inspirational motto to have each day, just to change one person's life in some way every single day. And you're definitely making a difference for my day today. This is the highlight of my day. So <laughs> um, you're definitely achieving that for today. Let me, let me just explain where, that, where I started that philosophy from. It was, I went to Croatia. I used to fly around the world a lot uh, and I was in Croatia and I went to use the toilet. And when I came out of the toilet, I said, thank you to the lady who was cleaning the toilet. And she said, why you say thank you? I said, because the toilet is clean and I like to use a clean toilet. 
and she had tears in her eyes when she said, nobody says thank you. And that's when you suddenly realize you just by saying thank you, which is for free, you can, you can make a difference to somebody's day and to somebody's lives. And so from that point, I have always thanked, made an effort even to find the person who's cleaning the toilet to be able to say thank you. So it's just those small little things that we do, uh, which are for free that, that, that make the difference. So please don't think you have to make huge big gestures to change people's lives. Right, exactly. Wow. And that's the thing about you. I feel like you're so you're so relatable um, in a way that other successful people maybe are not, because I think your passion to help people, your passion to lift others up is so transparent and so clear. So you instantly feel at ease around you, you know, even though I can easily, you know, com compare myself with you maybe and, and feel like I, I don't deserve <laughs> having you on my podcast or, or whatever, limiting belief. Yeah. Um, but you're so, you're so easy to speak to anyway. But so you I know, just wanted we, to say that. But that, that's really important because you have to remember that we are all human beings and we are all normal people. The easiest way to remember is, and it's a, it's a stereotype, but we all go to the toilet. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, we all have to do it. So therefore we are all of the same level and we shouldn't treat people with, we should treat everyone with respect, but we shouldn't treat any people, anybody with any difference. And I've, I mean, I've, I've, I've been to Buckingham Palace, I've met the Queen, I've worked with the Royal Family, I've sat in number 10 Downing Street working with the Prime Ministers, but at the same time I am equally comfortable sitting on the floor with uh, workers in factories or even in their houses uh, in India uh, who have nothing. And, and relating to the different people of the world is how we learn. We learn so much from others and you, we must always take that in. So whilst I'm having a conversation with you, I'm making sure I'm learning from you also. And that's why I make every effort not to be different between anybody that I work with. And it's that silly, stupid saying, which is, but it's true, that you only get one chance to make a first impression. Therefore, what I recommend to everybody is to always be yourself. So therefore, you never, ever get caught out. So whether I am with the royal family or whether I am with the toilet cleaner, I am always myself. And I think that is one of the most important lessons that I can offer to people because that is how I was actually appointed to a board, to the board of um, uh, uh, a UK TV company. I don't have any qualifications. So on my CV, it's almost empty. Okay, I've done a lot, but my CV is almost empty. So there's no way I could apply to be a non-executive director on an international TV company 
because my CV would not appear to, to, to be of any value. But the TV director saw me in my normal working environment, talking to people, uh, being responsible for problems that were going on in the local community. And that's how he said, well, please, can we have you on the board? And therefore, you never know where your next job might come from. So please just be, be always be yourself and don't try to be anybody else. Wow, that is so important. And I want to go back to where your entrepreneurial journey started. And I'm kind of guessing that maybe your point here about uh, being yourself, that perhaps, you know, you have to go through a journey to actually find yourself or to, to peel back the layers or all the, the garbage that's, that's in the way of who you really are in, in, in the society that we live in and the way that you grew up, you know, you, you get conditioned into not being yourself, which sounds crazy, but that's the truth, right? And that, that, that's exactly that's exactly it. And I'm, get, I'm oh, and I'm assuming that maybe you had to go through this process of peeling back those layers as you delved into your entrepreneurial journey as well. And I would love to hear some more about that, which you had to go through to become yourself and who you are now. It, it's really strange because um, so. Uh, I'm from a mixed marriage. My parents are a, are, are a mixed marriage, um, but we were very much brought up as Indians. My father is Indian, came from India in 1953 to the UK, worked really, really hard, started his own business from nothing um, with, with some friends. Uh, my mom is Austrian, also with Polish roots. Um, and she was a teacher and she worked really hard. She had five daughters. And so I've come from a family where work ethic was everything. But also because we were five girls, there we have no difference in uh, jobs. We had to do the garden. We had to do the DIY. We had to do everything to help my parents out because they were working, we were studying. And... Uh, that work ethic is something that I will never, ever regret having had, having had to go through. And that meant that at school holidays, we worked in my dad's factory packing jumpers every single school holiday, and we never got paid for it. But this is the difference between Indian families that actually it's a team. And that gave me the entrep entrepreneurial learning, um, which I really valued. And but because as Indians, we're supposed to be doctors, dentists, or pharmacists, and definitely not business for women, uh, I was encouraged to go down the medical route. I went to university, I dropped out, I met an English guy, I married him against my parents' wishes, but I had made my bed and I had to lie in it because actually my parents and my whole family cut me off. I had no support. And then after seven years of marriage and two beautiful daughters, uh, my husband decided to be violent. 
and you have to face that on your own uh, because the perpetrator makes a fantastic job of isolating you, uh, making sure you have no finance, no friends, nobody to talk to. So the beating continues. Um, and at one point he put me on the floor, he kicked me so much that for two days I couldn't move. And it was the doctor who actually said to me, this will never stop. And that's when I picked the two kids up and walked out. Okay, it took something like six months to be able to do it. But then put yourself in my shoes, which is why I think I can very often put myself in other people's shoes because I've been there. I have no qualifications. I have no skills. I have no training. I was in poverty, a single parent, Asian. There was absolutely nothing going for me. I, I can't explain how desperate I was, but your listeners should understand. Sorry, I get emotional at this point. I remember seeing the pills on the side and thinking this, I, I can't go through all of this. But I had two kids upstairs. And that point, and it's strange that even today, even now I'm sitting here with tears in my eyes, I can still remember that lowest point in my life ever. And that is the trigger that makes you realize that no matter how bad it now gets, I will never ever be at that point again, never. It wasn't the beating that was my lowest point. It was that day when I almost took the pills that I suddenly realized, come on, you can do this and you hear me now as being confident and strong. This is why I help others because I've been through it, but I was, I had no confidence. I wouldn't speak to anybody. I wouldn't have dared to speak to you. But the following day, I decided I had to change. And that's when I, started I thought okay I only have one skill and that skill was was cooking because my dad had taught me to cook we were a big family I enjoyed cooking my mother was Austrian she boils everything she was a terrible cook so that that, that was my trigger and I made four samosas uh, triangle in, Indian snack food and the following day I went out and I showed them to a customer who rejected it straight away and said no. 
And so I said to the customer, okay, well, if I bring you 12 tomorrow and you don't sell them, then you don't owe me any money. But if you sell them, you owe me the, the money. And he turned around to me and he said, if you want to be that stupid, that's up to you. And the next day I took him 12. And by the end of the week, which was literally two days later, he'd sold the lot. He was my first customer. And I did the same thing with every single customer I went to see. One customer, one day, no more than that. That's how I built the business. Eight years later, we were supplying 10,000 products a week, supplying supermarkets and airlines. I had two factories and 35 staff. Every one of my staff was long-term unemployed because I made sure I was giving people an opportunity and they were all like me. No qualifications, several of them without um, uh, as single parents, uh, without any partners. Um, and that's that was why we had success success in the business. So that that sorry that sorry to go on for so long, but that's that's the story of, of, of where we grew. I was a necessity entrepreneur, um, and today I'm a serial entrepreneur because that's the route I've chosen. That I can't I can't work for an organisation. Never ever. I uh, can work with organizations, but I can definitely not work for somebody else. Uh, and you really wouldn't want me working for you anyway. So sorry to go on so long. Oh, don't apologize. That was beautiful. That was, and thank you for, for sharing so openly and so vulnerably. Um, it's, it's very, it's very impactful. And uh, yeah, it makes me, it makes me wonder, I mean, I can just imagine you going to this first customer and him telling you, if you want to be that stupid, go ahead, how that much must have felt for you. And to still, you know, it's such a, a blow to the to your pride when somebody tells you that you're stupid. But I'm guessing, because you had reached that point of of, of your, your lowest point and you knew that you had these children to take care of and, and you knew that this could be your way forward, that you had to swallow your, your pride. You had to, you have to go this path no matter what. It's different. Let me, let me stop you. It's different. It, it isn't, it wasn't actually that. It was the fact that I believed in my product mm. and uh, so I, uh, these days I uh, mentor businesses, I support uh, especially women in business and um, one of the first things, and I'm, I'm really, I'm really rotten on a, as, as a mentor, I could, I, you know, I, I, I say I mentor, I say I mentor people, but I'm, the whole time I'm challenging, challenging them, how much do you believe in your product, tell me about your product, and they put up PowerPoint slides and everything, that doesn't work. That's not what I want from, from my mentees. And that, that wasn't what the customer wanted, the initial customers wanted from me either. What they want to know is that you believe in your product. So when you offer, and this is, uh, uh, let, let me say to those people who are listening, who are thinking of starting a business or who might be unemployed at the minute, 
you have to prove you believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to believe in you. So when I offered that customer 12 products for free, I was putting my neck on the line to say, I believe in what I am offering you. I know it will work in this shop. And it did work. And it worked in every single shop where we put them because uh, it, was a, it was a good product. I'd, I'd, I hadn't marketed it properly. I'd made it and then we, then we marketed it later on. But it's the same with people looking for work and going for jobs. I tell all those people that I'm working with who are looking for a job, you have to knock on the door of the company you want to work for. You literally have to chase the person that you want to work for. Don't wait for the job advert to come out. But you also have to be able to say why you want to work for that company. Not, I want to work for Microsoft because I can, uh, because I like IT. That's not what the CEO wants to hear. What they want to hear is how you can solve their problems. So you've got to say, I can do X, Y, and Z for you. That's missing within the work that you're doing. It can improve your profitability by X amount or increase the number of your customers by X amount. Mm -hmm. And to prove I can do it, I'm willing to work for you I don't know, for a month for free so that you can see the difference that I make. Hmm. And watch the CEO say, all right, I'll take you on. I'll give you a trial. And I know because I've put mentors through, mentees through this, they've done it, they've been for the job, they've take, gone through the interview and they've said at the end of the interview, I'm willing to offer myself for a month for free so that you can see how hard I work and the difference I can make. And this is something that we learn in both, something that I was taught in business by one of my mentors. You are not offering a product, you are offering the benefits. So a cup is not just a cup. It's a container which holds hot liquids, which allows you to drink those liquids. Otherwise, how are you going to hold hot liquids? You can't hold them in your hand. So that's the benefit of having a cup. Now, each of us is a product. This is something we forget. So as a product, what benefit? are you going to offer to your employer or what benefits do your products offer to the consumers or to the customers that you're selling them to? So you have to start focusing on life that way. What benefits are you bringing? And this, this is a very different approach to how how it's taught to write a CV and how it's taught to, to find a job in the, in the marketplace. So let me, let me just explain. 
So one, I've been talking about this for years now and still not done it yet, but I have a potential business that I, that I want to do and based on no CVs. We have never employed anybody on their CV. So I don't even look at people's CVs when they come to work for me. Mm. I look into their eyes or they're writing me an email and they're telling or, or, or a covering letter or something. And it has to grab me from the start. So let me, let me explain about my, she, she's my, what I would call my PA, my personal assistant. She used to check me in at British Airways in Delhi. And she had an amazing smile. We got to know each other because I was flying in and out of Delhi for, uh, I have an import export company as well. And she was always there and her smile was always there. And in my head, I'd said to, to myself, at one point, I'm going to employ this girl, thinking that she, I would employ her to work for me in, in, in Delhi. And she at one point said to me that she was leaving British Airways and did I know anybody in uh, who could she, she could work for? I said, okay, let's try it. She can work, you can work for me. For the last 10 years uh, till today, she is still working with me. And what we didn't understand was that she gets up four and a half hours before me. So all my work is on my desktop uh, when, when I get up. And when she goes to bed, I leave her all, all the work that needs doing. She does our databasing. She employed other people to do databasing. She even set her own company up under our brand uh, because she's also entrepreneurial in her, in her activities. This was somebody who checked me in at British Airways. So she added value to our company and that's what people are looking for. For goodness sake, don't base yourself on your CV. Show the person that you want to work for who you really are. 85% of CVs are rejected because of the picture. 95% of CVs are rejected because of the email address. And I can't remember what the percentage is. I mean, like 92% of company of CVs are rejected by a computer. So they're not even looked at by human beings. An HR director works for an organization, an HR director does not work on the factory floor. She doesn't know the jobs, she or he doesn't know the jobs that need doing throughout the factory. So you've got to be able to impress on the HR director and better still on the boss, um, exactly how you can help. So please don't concentrate on, on, on the CV. And for God's sake, remember this. There is not a successful business person in the world who started their business with a business plan, ever. That no business, real business person will tell you that they started with their business with the business plan. They had already started their business before they did the business plan. They had already either sold one product 
or started to develop the product, everything else before they had the business plan. Why would we do business plans? We do business plans to attract finance. And if you're starting your business to get money, you're starting your business for the wrong reason and it will be a failure. So don't even go down that route. This is so interesting because again, it's like the opposite of what society shows you. Probably it's the same in Britain as in Sweden. You know, we have all these authorities um, that you like tax, the tax authority and some other like the insurance agency and all these different authorities that you turn to for many different things, including starting a business or um, if you're looking for jobs, uh, applying for benefits, whatever it is. And everything seems so, humanity is taken out of it. It's so, it looks so Theoretical. Theoretical, exactly. And you're supposed to think a certain way, but if you're starting a business and you're supposed to have the business plan ready and you're supposed to do this and this and that, it's like the passion is just taken out of it. And the enthusiasm that you had from the start is almost taking out, taken out of it as well. <laughs> and but it's, it's theoretical because the people running those organizations and worst of all, the government doesn't want, first of all, doesn't want you to be an entrepreneur. The government doesn't want you to be an entrepreneur because entrepreneurs take all their expenses out and then are taxed on the profit. So that's the first thing. A regular employee is taxed at source. Therefore, the government gets its money immediately. So read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's available in every single language in the world. Yes. And you will understand why governments don't want people to be entrepreneurs. Yes. But the second the worst for the entrepreneurs. They've never run or started a business. They don't understand the struggles. Look, you can see, because every time they're asking for experts on this or people to apply for projects uh, or speakers, on your CV, you've got to have qualifications. The majority of entrepreneurs in alleviate poverty. But 4% and the majority of those don't have qualifications. So why are we so hooked up on qualifications? And this is why we get the theory and not the economic growth, which we deserve. Yes. And Rich Dad, Poor Dad is one of my favorite books. So if you're listening to, to this, please go and grab yourself a copy. And for goodness sake, get the rich dad, poor dad for kids to give to your kids. Yes, yes. Yes, I really wanted to get into this talk about CVs and what you're saying, you know, that you sh it really starts with believing in yourself instead of the theoretical path that is so often taught to us. It, it, the process really starts with you first believing in yourself and then things can can follow the path can can un unveil itself and one step at a time right so um yeah. let me let me give you something let me give let me give uh, your listeners a homework all right so for the at the end of this but you, you'll understand where i'm going with this 
I want you to take a blank piece of paper and on the top of that piece of paper, write down what it is that you want to do. So if the ideal job came along or the ideal job was, was advertised, what would you write on the top of the piece of paper? What would be your ideal job? 95% of people cannot do this exercise. 95% of people do not know what it is that they really want to do. Hence, 85% of people are in a job that they hate because they're in the wrong job. So it doesn't matter what it says on your CV, you've got to know why you are applying for that job. Why is it? If you're just applying for the money, you are going to be in a mess in five years' time. You are going to be in a job that you hate. You are going to feel that you are not valued. Find the job and know what it is you want to do. And when you realize that you're in the wrong job, get out of it straight away. It's not benefiting you and it's not benefiting your employer. So it's, it is about knowing what it is that you want to do. You have, even if you're doing a business, you have to know what is on your piece of paper always. Because if you don't know what's on the top of your piece of paper, you are going to always go down a route which is probably going to be the wrong route. And people are going to sit there and go, yeah, but Maddie, I don't know what to put on my piece of paper. Or yeah, but uh, I've got a thousand and one things that I want to do. You can't, you can only ever focus on one thing. And I'll tell you what's on the top of my piece of paper so that uh, you can have a shock or you can, you, can, uh, you can understand how I'm able to focus on, uh, on what I do. On the top of my piece of paper, I have, my goal is 7 billion ideas to action. So I want, stop laughing. I want every person on the planet to be able to turn one idea into an action. Mm -hmm. If we can enable people to turn their ideas into action, we can solve poverty, climate change, hunger, recycling, everything, any problem we can solve if we just allow people to turn their ideas into action because it's human beings that solve the problems. It isn't the politicians. It's no good sitting there waiting for politicians and governments to solve everything because they're not going to solve anything. They're going to make more of a mess. COVID is a classic example. Mm. Give it to human beings, they'll solve, they'll solve the problems. So my idea is that I, I want to get people to turn their ideas into action. And that's what we call entrepreneurship. It's not about starting a business. Entrepreneurship is about having an idea and turning that idea into an action, no matter what field that you are in. So if we can have these 7 billion ideas, it's great. So by me talking to you, that's me saying to you, okay, you have your idea, now go and turn it into, into, into an action. 
but you are also inspiring a whole load of other people to go and turn their ideas into action now. That's why when you said to me, Maddie, can you come on the podcast? You got an immediate yes. I didn't have to think about it because I know Linda is offering me an opportunity to be able to turn my idea into an action. How many have I already done? I'm 57 years old. I have done 33,000 ideas into action. And I know because I'm monitoring it through a bead that I give out. Okay, I've got, I know I have loads more billions to do. Um, but I've got that counter going in my head, which is telling me that I'm making a difference. And I'm now finding more ways to get more ideas done much faster. So you get my point. Once you've got something on the top of your piece of paper, everything that you do gets challenged towards that. So find out what it is you really want to do. Really take the time to find out. Because until you know what it is you want to do, you are just going to drift. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is such an important... It's so important to take the time to actually think about what you want and to get clear on that vision. And that's something that I tell people all, all the time. It's, you know, if you don't spend that time and, and give it that energy um, and that then it's never going to happen, then it's 100% sure it's not going to happen if you don't even spend the time to to think about it. So my final question to you um, is this. Now you you have come to a point where you're successful and you're making an impact in other people's lives every day, but I'm sure even you have low points sometimes because you're human and that's how it goes right so what practices and strategies do you do you have to to become an inner winner on those days this is a question i ask all of my guests that come on the show what practices and strategies do you do to become an inner winner on the days where you you don't feel like a winner (laughs) it's uh, all of us have those days and I think that's one of the most important things to remember Um, because otherwise uh, we do have the challenges of mental health um, which which are really important and that's also where I ask people to uh, hold their hand out and pull another person up Um, because not everybody's strong and I, I, yeah, I have, I have my days when I think, okay, things are not going well. Usually I close the computer or I put the paperwork away and I go out in the garden. Um, and I do something completely different. And I always remember that tomorrow is another day. But I also look back on how far I have come. Uh, I'm extremely privileged these days to live partly in the sunshine but in uh, in a nice house uh, I have a family who have grown up I have grandchildren now and 
I could never have imagined any of that when I was lying on the floor. And that, that day he was putting his boot in. And when I, I look back, I understand that, you know, I haven't just helped myself, I've helped other people. And I think when you start to assess that, you suddenly realize there's a whole lot to life that you've got to be thankful for, but also that you can make others thankful for. So just park it to one side. Um, and one more thing that I think people have completely forgotten to do, which is really, really important, and that's to put me time in the diary. So we service the car, we go to the dentist, we go to the doctors, we have Zooms with our friends and podcasts that we listen to and we make, we make, we make that time. But we don't actually have time with ourselves to work on our strategies and to work on what's going right in our lives and what's going wrong in our lives and to build our inner self and our inner self-confidence. And meditation is brilliant, but sometimes I actually just go to a hotel and say, okay, I'm gonna have uh, an evening on my own. And that's what I do. And that is me time. And you need to put that in the diary on a regular basis. And you need to not take it out of the diary when something else comes up because it's an, appoint an appointment with yourself, which is the most valuable appointment you can ever have. Because if you're not looking after yourself, then you can't look after everybody else. And the quickest analogy I can give you on that is, for those of you who fly uh, on, on an aeroplane, you get an oxygen mask or you get the training for an oxygen mask. Please put your oxygen mask on before helping somebody else. So you have to put your own mask on because if you can't breathe, you can't help somebody else. Mm -hmm. So please concentrate on breathing and having the time to breathe. And that's how I get through those, those difficult periods. I stop and take time out and breathe. Um, and I watch the sunrise every single morning when it's a blue sky. Mm. Thank you, thank you for that. Yes, we are wrapping up now. You have given so much value during this, what, 45 minutes that we've been speaking? Yep. And I know that my listeners are, are going to be so inspired to take action and to to start believing in themselves and um, and also dream a little bit bigger for, for themselves, for ourselves and uh, what we can actually do in life, whether it is we, we want to work for some organization that seems unattainable right now, or if we want to start, start our own entrepreneurial journey. So lastly, I just wanna, I just wanna say, what exciting projects do you have right now that I and maybe the audience can, can support you with? Um, do you have anything happening right now? 
Uh, yeah, I have a couple of things, but I can't, I can't mention them at the minute. Okay. Um, one of one of them is a is a okay. It's, it's a it's a change in direction uh, which has come because of COVID. Uh, that somebody's offered me an opportunity and it goes down a route to being able to spread my voice and the voices of others uh, more. So uh, that's something uh, to look forward to in January. I'll tell, I'll tell you more about that uh, when, when it happens. But uh, I, um, by people achieving what it is that they want to do, that it, it, it helps my goal. So all I would say to people is the way I usually wrap up on any uh, interview or uh, speaker's job that I'm doing is uh, Gandhi said, you must be the change you want to see. Maddie says, you must be the change you want to see, no excuses. So pick up your responsibility understand you have a privilege and with that privilege comes the responsibility and go out and make the change you want to see and don't use any excuses because there's no reason to make any excuses and you will see how you will fly and as always I remain available if you believe I can help you or anybody else uh, at any time. And I have the website madisharma.org and you can contact me through there uh, or on Twitter or you can you can find me quite easily. I've got it, I've got enough spaces. Great, thank you. I feel like I could listen to you all day um, and talk to you all day because you just have so much wisdom. <laughs> and um, yeah, thank you so much for, for coming on here again. And no, thank, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk to your friends uh, and followers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you got something out of it, please share it with your friends, family, somebody you think would benefit from the message. And I hope to see you in our next episode. Bye. I'm so excited to introduce to everyone this amazing girl, Laura Langheinrich, who is a 22-year-old content creator, entrepreneur, and German small-town girl abroad. In 2016, Laura left behind Germany to study abroad in Scotland, and since then, she has been sharing her life abroad on her social media channels amassing 10k subscribers on YouTube and 1.8 thousand members in her online community, Girls Study Abroad. Having recently graduated from university, Lara travels the world working from her laptop as a content creator, life coach, and freelance video editor. Through sharing her journey abroad online, Lara wants to empower women all around the world to step outside their comfort zones and go abroad. And... Lara is somebody I met while I myself was studying abroad in Scotland as well. And she was such an inspiration. At such a young age, she, she was so clear and she is so clear on her abilities, what she wants. And she was such an inspiration to me 
And to be honest, like she was the one who first uh, introduced the idea to start a podcast to me, which now was several years ago. But Laura, mm -hmm. you're the reason why I am here recording this because you were like, oh, girl, you should start a podcast because you had yours. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for coming on to my show here. And I am so excited to dive into your journey and your message to women around the world. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for that sweet introduction. That was so nice of you. And yes, uh, I remember. I remember when we were in Starbucks together. I remember the exact photo we took as well together. And I'm so glad that you started the podcast and that I get to be here today. I'm very excited. Yes, yes. Even the when we went to that other cafe, what's it called again? Uh, ooh, in Aberdeen. And we did that photo shoot. And I'm still using the images you took. Uh, food story. Yes, your profile picture. I just see. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. So Lara, I really am so curious to know more about your journey of entrepreneurship and kind of let's start with um with asking the question like have you did you always know that you wanted to be this content creator entrepreneur or how did that dream and vision for yourself come about yeah well it's really yeah well so I started watching YouTube videos quite early on when I was like 12 13 I remember I was one of the like first people because I come from a small town in Germany right so back then not a lot of people even knew of the like beauty community on YouTube so that was like the early days of like YouTube and that's when I started watching the videos and I don't know I always wanted to do YouTube so that was always something I wanted to do and um, but because I was so afraid of you know my friends at school and family judging me because as I said here in the German small town, no one really knew about YouTube and that it was like an actual valid thing and not just embarrassing, basically. And um, so I never actually started YouTube until my first year of uni. Um, and that also kind of just like content creation got me into more thinking like an entrepreneur and um, because I also started blogging and stuff like that. And um, but at that point, still, I wanted to work in like an big international marketing firm or like big international advertising company um and yeah like that was also a big reason why I well it wasn't a big reason for it but it was one of the reasons why I wanted to go abroad because I always knew that I wanted to work in like an international big marketing firm so like an uh, English degree or like an international degree would make me stand out a lot more when applying for jobs and yeah and how it just happened was that like it's actually a really fun story because one of the youtubers i used to follow she started her own social media management and um, business and that's the first time i heard of being a social media manager because like i was like what that's like an actual job now i feel like so that was like four years ago like now i feel like being a social media manager is like most people know what it is whereas like four years ago even it wasn't so common like i've never heard of it um so yeah and then I stumbled across this like online membership which was like become a social media manager work from home and that was in the summer between like my first and second year of uni so I was 
at home anyway and here there are like no real like internship opportunities and like PR media marketing it's like not really existing here so I was like well I can do this online membership to like boost my CV and to you know maybe get some income and that's kind of how I was going into entrepreneurship just like quite randomly um, and then I actually had to register my business because my first client wanted me to register my business, which now I'm like, that, that was a bit weird. That first client was a bit weird. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I registered my business. And from there on, I, you know, I always continued doing YouTube. That was always like what I did. Um, but then I started, you know, shifting also in my business to like coaching, consulting. Now I do a lot of like freelance stuff. So I just tried out things. And when I didn't like something, I just did the next thing. But YouTube and content creation and documenting my journey and that growth was always like a big part of it. So yeah, I guess that's kind of how I got into entrepreneurship. It was like a big, kind of a big story. <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, it's just, like, I wish people would realize the freedom of entrepreneurship, you know, because sometimes it's almost like people think of it as this, um, this other beast or like this other kind of specific way of doing things. But really, it's, it's up to you what you want to do. And it's, it's, part of it is this aspect of play like what you're saying like trying different things out and seeing what works and what doesn't and what you feel passionate about and what you're not and just trying you know and um a lot of people they they're stuck thinking that life has to be a very rigid way of being and you know getting that job nine to five and sticking to it or maybe just you know so in that sense you're such a breath of fresh air because you're really you're really um showcasing that another way is possible and you know just trying different things and figuring things out along the way and that's amazing yeah for sure like it's uh, but to be fair like I still get all the time into the mindset of like oh I haven't found my one my one thing I haven't found my niche I feel like everyone around me knows exactly what they're doing they're all like this one you know a niche statement and I help blah 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 and I'm just like well I do like 10 million different things and I feel like I don't have it figured out and that was me like along the whole way like I always thought oh my god I have to like have it figured out by now and I have to be further along and I like I'm such a big overthinker like generally <laughs> but also my business so I kind of got out of constantly thinking about things like now um, I just I kind of trained myself to just do the thing because I know that just thinking about it like I will not know and like I, you just cannot know whether you like something or not if you don't do it like just thinking about it and talking to other people about it just yeah it just doesn't do it like I in, a, in the beginning when I like followed like life coaches and business coaches like I thought wow like one-on-one -on -one coaching like that would probably be like super cool and um, and I thought I would really like it but then when I started doing like one-on-one -on -one coaching even with pro bono clients when I did my life coaching certification I was like hmm I don't know if the one-on-one -on -one format is for me um but I could only know that by trying um, and not by just thinking about it or, you know, looking at other people and they like it. So thinking I do too. Um, but yeah, I think it's a journey for sure. And I, I don't feel like I haven't figured out at all. 
Right, right. And that's just part of entrepreneurship again. And also you're so young, like you, you know, it's, <laughs> you have a seven year, uh, almost, well, six year age difference. And I feel like you are so mature and also so clear on what you want to do. You say that you, you know, that you're not sure sometimes and you feel like other people are, are way ahead. And I don't think that's true. I think you have so many things like the, the most important pieces of life you have figured out because mindset, uh, I think is such a huge part of what you teach and what you're about yeah. from what, what I'm seeing. And, uh, and, and I mean, what's more important than that? Nothing. Like if you can't master mindset, then you're not going to be able to do the things you want in life. So tell me a little bit about your, your project. So um, we can speak about mindset and how that relates to what you're doing with your life coaching, but then also with your girls study abroad and just the community that you serve. Yeah, uh, for sure. Well, mindset um, is something I got into also through like following like mindset coaches and business coaches. And I first started mindset work with big vision journaling. So I remember when I was like getting started with my business or I was really getting a taste of what it's like to like work from my laptop. And like, I realized, well, maybe I don't want to take a job after uni. Maybe I really want to, you know, be location independent and travel and have my own business. But because by then I was sitting alone in my like really not so great apartment in Grey Everdeen, <laughs> I was like, well, it seems very far away. How am I going to get the drive, the motivation right now to be building something for a future that is still a little bit away. So that is how I got into like big vision journaling. So I remember like quite consistently for like a long time, I would get up every morning quite early and I would sit down first thing and do an hour of mindset journaling. And it usually involved just me writing out, well, if I could do anything with my life, what would I do? Or if I had $50 million in my bank account right now, how would my life look like? what would I be doing? And just, you know, getting really clear on like my big vision and what I want. And that's kind of how I got into mindset work. And then um, also a big part of it actually was when I was struggling, it was also through, through that, or well, around the time, actually, I was struggling a lot with like emotional eating and like my weight and body image and stuff. So I also joined a membership um, or well, I joined like different programs that were really around mindset work for weight loss. So I did manage to overcome my emotional eating, lose weight and just make peace with food also through mindset work. And those kinds of two things together, like I realized, well, with mindset, I am building this business. I'm like creating my vision. And I started like actually seeing results as well, right? Like I started you know, getting clients and, you know, growing channel, all of those things because I was so focused on the big vision. And then on top of that, I saw results in, you know, wow, I can like change my mindset, change the way I think about food and then actually act accordingly. But this was, wow, like you can use mindset work and journaling and all those tools for like literally anything. And what I do now is because my niche or what I talk about a lot is like going abroad and studying abroad that's like kind of the 
Um, it's, you know how like in business you say you have to sell people what they want, but then give them what they need. So basically what I'm doing in my videos, in my membership, with my ebook is like, yes, I'm selling the whole like go abroad. This is how to, this is the step-by-step -step process. You know, this is how to figure out where to go and this is how to get potential, blah, blah, blah. But then in my programs, what I actually talk about is a lot of mindset because I don't like giving people like I, I'm not like um like a consultant or like someone who exactly tells people, oh yeah, well you should go there or you should apply for this scholarship. Like that's not at all what my zone of genius is. What I help people do is figure out their own answers and become like really confident in their ability to figure out the answers. Because I mean, you will know that from experience that like you can be all prepared when you go abroad and there's still gonna be challenges over challenges over challenges so what I really help my members do is build up confidence and just know that even if go if something goes wrong they have all of those tools of journaling visualization the community um and all of those things to like help them and support them um so that's that's kind of my my like what I do, like how I combine the mindset into my projects, which are quite like, I don't sell mindset, but I sell go abroad. But then like what they actually get is a lot of the mindset because that is the way to, you know, reach your goals and actually, you know, go abroad or start a business. As you said, like mindset always comes first. So yeah, that's kind of how I do it. <laughs> yeah. And I really, I really think that's genius uh, because like you say, um, you want to give your clients what they want, but then you're actually uh, giving them what they need as well. And um, it's like you've really focused onto this very specific group of people where you yourself have the experience of what it's like studying abroad. And yes, there are a lot of challenges. I mean, um, when you when you go abroad, you are definitely stepping out of your comfort zone, literally. Um, you you come into unfamiliar territory. You don't know what to expect. Maybe on paper, you know, you know what the university looks like. You 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 know, but once you're there, it's a completely different experience. And for a lot of people, uh, it's the first time moving away from home and the challenges that that uh, gives, uh, being independent, and and the list goes on. So for sure, I can see that mindset would be such a valuable tool. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So how did you get into knowing that this was going to be the people that you were going to serve? Did it come from your own experience of maybe the challenges that you uh, went through studying abroad or how did you figure out that the this was going to be your way of serving people yeah that's such a good question because i think that's something a lot of people who start like especially like a personal brand or like coaching like something that is like not a product-based business for example it's like well how do i know like who really is my like target audience and all of those things so that's such a good question and for me to be honest because so when I started my YouTube because everything I have to say everything started with YouTube everything and this still like YouTube now is like my main driver to build my audience and to create everything that I have in my business YouTube is kind of like my hub and I didn't 
start with a study abroad channel or like a going abroad channel. Like I just started, like my first few videos were quite random. There were like vlogs and even like I used to do like even makeup stuff and, you know, like a lot of different sort of content, but I realized that what got the most traction was study abroad content. And people ask me like on, like in the comments of my videos all the time about like study abroad stuff. And also in my real life, people ask me a lot about studying abroad and going abroad. So it just all kind of came from what people were coming to me for. Um, and yeah, that's actually a good, good question. Everyone can ask themselves is like, well, like what, what do people come to me for? You know, like for example, my my partner who's like super techie so like everyone asks him all the time oh my god can you fix my printer can you like look for a laptop for me or uh, stuff like that so we all have like things that people come to us for and I think that's a very good indication of you know what we can do and who we can serve and um, but yeah specifically for me talking to girls going abroad of course that came from my own story and I remember the, the reason why I started my, my Facebook group was because I was looking to post into Facebook group for girls studying abroad or for, you know, yeah, for just girls studying abroad. Like that was because I'm like, well, I'm a girl studying abroad. So there must be other girls studying abroad. And I realized there's like no such Facebook group. And at that time I was so into Facebook groups. So I was like, that is like what <laughs> so I started my own Facebook group just out of the need for for my own um something that I always say like what I create like my membership my YouTube videos my my ebook it's like for the 17 18 year old version of me who back then didn't have a free Facebook community where she could go into and ask all of her questions where she didn't have a membership where she can get like group coaching and just challenges with like other girls who are in the same position where you can share your struggles so I always think about like well the younger version of me um what would she need so yeah I mean obviously if you want to build like a personal brand then your own story and kind of serving the younger version of yourself is like almost the easiest and it's the it's very very powerful too because your story is like the only really unique thing about you like your skills everyone can copy or your work experience or you know even a business idea people can copy that easy or it might already exist what people can never copy is your personality in combination with your story so that's kind of what I now really really kind of in my in my marketing I guess I do it very subconsciously as well that I always talk about like my story um, but I do it more intentionally now as well that I do mention in every single video. Hi, I'm Laura. I'm a German small town girl. I just graduated from four years of studying abroad, blah, blah, blah. Um, how did I even get there now? I don't know. I totally went on a tangent here. But, um, yeah. So how do you figure out who to serve is see if, if you want to build a personal brand, well, serve your younger self. Like you are always a few steps ahead of other people. Um, just because of your growth and, and development. So I think, you know, a good starting point is to serve the younger version of you and serve people who aren't yet where you are. That makes sense. Yes, yes. 
That is, that is so true um, because you know yourself and what you've had to go through better than anyone. And so that is always going to be your strength. You're always going to have something to say on that topic. Um, and you're always going to have exactly. valuable, right? So, wow, that was, that was amazing what you had to share just there. Um, and well, you know, this, this podcast here is called Inner Winner. And what I'm really seeking to do is to empower the millennial woman um, to, to really focus on mindset and to when you're at that low point in life, which happens to all of us, you know, it can happen on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, just getting to that low point where you have to pick yourself back up. Um, and it's so important, I believe, to then have the tools and strategies to know what to do next to get to the higher version of yourself, mm -hmm. to pick yourself up, to be able to, to, um, to get the momentum in life again, right? So I want to ask you, um, what practices and strategies do you do today to set yourself up to be that inner winner when you go through a low point? Oh, that's such a good question. And first of all, I just wanted to say that like what you're sharing on this podcast is like now more needed than ever. So I'm really glad that you started the podcast and that you're like sharing this message because, oh my God, we all need it. Um, and it's such a relevant question. And I also just wanted to say um, that I don't want to give off the impression ever that like I'm not struggling because like I'm not even kidding. I almost like I cry almost every single day and I have done that since like March and I am definitely like it took me a long time to even accept that because I always saw myself as this really strong and independent woman and you know I'm unstoppable and I go for my dreams and I create my dream life and I'm so intentional so I think actually the first thing, and that's something I've definitely learned in 2020 is you have to accept that you might not be like that all the time. You might not be that inner winner at all times. Um, because like, honestly, I think that's, that's one of the, not a big, it's not a mistake that I made. It's just a huge lesson because in the first lockdown, and I had so much resistance inside of me. Like I was like, this cannot be the state of the world. This cannot be happening. And, and whenever I got upset, because so in the first lockdown, just for, for listeners, I was in Scotland um, away from my family. So I didn't, this year, I didn't see my family for like seven months because they're, they live in Germany. I was in Scotland um, and I stayed in Scotland as well during lockdown because my partner was there and I didn't want to you know, spend time or like not be in the same country as him anymore and all of that. So I stayed in Scotland um, also because I still had my flat there and all of those things. But I it was going through such a hard time. But the mistake I made was that I didn't accept it. I was like, oh my God, like I need to do more journaling now. I need to do more yoga now. I need to visualize and, and go on walks and do all of those things, which those things are incredible. Like those are my tools but they didn't work because I didn't first and foremost accept that I was feeling sad. And then I started, I mean, 
listeners can probably really relate to this, I started getting into this downward spiral where I got sad, but then I got upset with myself for getting sad because I was like, well, other people have it much worse. Like I'm right now abroad with my partner. I'm like in this beautiful apartment and I can work online. Like my business is like doing so well. My course mates are not even getting jobs and I'm like making money for my laptop. How lucky am I? I shouldn't be struggling, blah, blah, blah. Like all of that stuff. Um, so what I've been actually working through now, and I highly recommend if anyone of you is using Headspace, there is a course in there. It's called Acceptance. I'm actually on the day 10 today. And so far it has been like such an incredible experience. And like, I really learned and I'm doing that now. It's like, if I feel sad, I don't fight it anymore. And that actually makes it go away a lot faster than if I would kind of like push it away because stuff like that you just sometimes can't push away like maybe little problems yes we don't have to get upset over like everything and you know that's where really mindset work as well comes in in order you know to change your beliefs and you know kind of um help you as much as possible but when you're really struggling kind of just feeling it letting it just be there and just not resist like I, I constantly like if I can tell that like yes like it's for me it's mostly in the evenings that I'm like really struggling and like just like oh my god the world and what is my life and oh my god and like like this is not my dream life what am I doing and blah 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 and I now instead of fighting it I'm like okay I can tell that there's resistance coming up okay okay and then I'm like cool and I cry and then it's okay again you know so yes that's that was like long story but <laughs> it's like my first piece of advice as a strategy that I have now is to not fight it so to like just let it out and realize that it's totally okay to struggle and what comes with that is the importance of sharing that with other people like I honestly do not know what I would do without my best friends without my partner without my family I don't know, like I feel so sorry for people who don't have a supportive tribe, who don't feel safe enough to share their struggles with people around them because sharing your struggles and then realizing that you're not the only one, which you aren't, like I can promise you every single person right now is struggling. Um, like that makes it so much better. So that me, my second tip is to share, like tell people and also don't feel like you're a burden. Like it is well on that on that point I actually have to say you can communicate it in the way where you can say how you're feeling um but then of course you also can't complain about the same thing for like a month and not change anything about it like that's where then again the mindset comes in it's like okay we have accepted it we're not resisting it we're sharing it and now what can we do about it, you know? And that's where really the tools, the tools come in that you asked about. So my favorite tools, well, right now I really enjoy meditation. Um, so I do like a 10 minute meditation every day. I do it like around lunchtime usually or in the morning sometimes, it does depend. And um, that really helps me. And I would say journaling. Journaling is just a very big, very, very big part of, of my life and um, I haven't done it in a while and it was actually really interesting because I was talking last week I was talking with my friend she's um 
she's a, a coach as well. And I was telling her, I'm like, oh my God, I think I lost my big vision and I don't know what I want anymore. And she's like, well, have you journaled about it? Or are you journaling right now? And I'm like, no. And she's like, well, no wonder that you don't know. So it's like, we often think we have to be at a certain point or be a certain way to start journaling, for example, or start any practice. But it's like through journaling stuff will you know, change and stuff will come up. And so one of my favorite, favorite, favorite prompts right now, because the biggest thing I'm struggling with is uncertainty and feeling like I cannot make decisions because I don't know what's going to come and I don't know what's going to change. So my prompt right now is um, I always make the right decisions. I um, am always certain and I know exactly what's the next step now how do I feel how like what do I do and what do I believe so it's like kind of figuring out okay where like what kind of mindset you want to be in and then being in that state in your journal and then thinking about okay now that this is my reality what do I do about it how does my life change and um, so yeah I think those are like the three tips I would have it's like first learning to accept and to like release resistance sharing it with people you know, and then finding um, ways that support that. So ways to accept and to release resistance through meditation. Um, and then the journaling is more about actually finding action steps to do on a daily basis to then, you know, also actually live that um, acceptance and um, that creating inner certainty rather than looking for the external certainty. Mm. That is so important. And it's funny how many guests that have come on here who have mentioned journaling. Journaling just keeps on coming <laughs> up again and again. And I think, like you say, it's, it's the reason why it's such a great tool is because you create that inner certainty because you actually go into yourself and, and um, take the time to think about what you want, but also um, kind of un just untangle what it is you're feeling, what it is you're going through, what experiences both external and internal that are happening to you right now. And I think that is one of the biggest lessons of 2020, the fact that struggle is part of life and there are some beautiful lessons that can come out of struggle. Um, it doesn't mean that it's easy, but there have been a lot of important lessons that have come out of this year wouldn't you agree oh my god yes yes I mean like even in the past two weeks I feel like I'm a totally different person <laughs> like I don't know I like on the one hand but but to be fair that also comes a lot of self-awareness because I feel like may, maybe a lot of us are like well it's like 2020 just seems like one big day and everything is the same and it's so monotone and what am I even doing but then through those practices, journaling, for example, you like, and as you said, really reflecting about what's happening in the inside and the outside, that's when you actually realize how much you've grown. And so, yeah, like, oh my God, I like, I literally feel like I've grown in the past, like nine months, as much as I would have grown otherwise, in, like three years or something like it's crazy. Yes, yes, exactly. And it's like, 
even though every day is much more monotone now than it was previously, I feel like the inner experience is so much more of a roller coaster. So <laughs> it's like you you get so much out of each day if you really take the time to look at what you're going through. And it doesn't mean that it's always positive, you know, because you definitely go through those low points even in a day. Um, but then to, like you say, one of the yes. really key <laughs> so points that, that you mentioned that I think is so, so important, especially in 2020, is to come into peace with what you're feeling and to realize definitely one sentence that, that I come back to again and again. I don't know where I first heard it, but that and um, emotions are energy in motion. So you, you need to just let the, the emotions pass through you uh, because otherwise they get stuck. Um, because just like what you're sharing, you know, that you cry a lot. I cry a lot too. And there's this stigma in our society that you have to be strong, you have to be tough, you have to put the mask on and just kind of go do it and be independent and be the hustler. And I think now in 2020, we're realizing that we're human and going through hard times, um, you know, whether somebody is going through a harder time or not, um, everybody goes through something and it's, it's not okay to judge it. We need to, you know, accept the fact that we all go through stuff and it's part of life and it's part of learning and growing. Um, and it's a beautiful thing at the end of the day. So, yeah. Wow. Thank you for your answer. There was so many <laughs> great gems in there. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, I talked for, for a while and I was like, oh my God, there's so much to say. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I mean, now we're wrapping up here um, because, yeah, thank you so much. You shared so much value already. Um, I just want to, I just want to um, come back to, to lockdown and your business. And maybe this is going to be a long answer again, and that's fine. <laughs> but just how, how has, how has the Corona times uh, affected your, your business? Like, and in terms of what you want to do long-term, like have, have there been changes there? I know that you, your main community is the study abroad, girls study abroad group. Uh, you're no longer a student at university. And so there have been changes there as well. And now with Corona, like what are some of the changes that you are going through as a business in these times? Is that something you wanna share? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, because that's also something like I'm, I'm always thinking about. It's like, well, I can only talk about studying abroad for so long after I graduated. Um, which is why I think personal branding is so powerful is because like, um, sure, like people come to me for the study abroad advice, but because my channel is not called Girls Study Abroad and it's like the study abroad channel, but it's like my journey of going abroad and of building my business I'm like slowly transitioning my videos not even intentionally simply by documenting what I'm actually doing into more you know being a digital nomad and oh my god 
am I getting like a parcel right now? I, I hope not. <laughs> Sorry, totally got sidetracked there. And um, yes, uh, what was I saying? Yes, yeah, so I'm kind of uh, organically transitioning more into, you know, running a remote business. And now I'm getting a yoga teacher training. So I'm going to talk a lot about that stuff. So um, if anyone is, no matter if it's because of Corona or because of anything, any change, um, personal branding, really focusing on your own story. Oh my God, there's really someone coming with a parcel now. Are they like kidding me? Oh, wow. That's a big parcel. Okay. I'm like, I'm just going to get the parcel. I'm, I'm, I'm back here in like two minutes. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. No problem. No problem. Sorry, that that was unexpected. Oh, <laughs> yes, and now Oscar woke up and found me over here. <laughs> oh gosh, this is oh, so, I'm so cute. Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing to happen at the same time, right? <laughs> oh. oh gosh real life okay so where were we um yeah you were sharing branding. about the transition yes exactly so um yeah I think personal branding and really um, building your business around yourself allows you to make those transitions I think if you have a more product-based business or just like more corporate brand that might be a bit harder so I feel like for me it's a bit easier to go through those transitions than like other businesses so I think that's a big point for me and um, but then in terms of how corona has affected my business well luckily my business has always been online and it's also in the like I have like a lot of different income streams in my business so my personal brand is like only one of them and well in the personal brand I have like a lot of different income streams but then the other part is my freelancing and like my you know um consulting and stuff like that so I work as like a launch and content manager for a client. I do video editing and stuff like that. So of course I'm a bit lucky because that is still very in demand. I would even say sometimes more in demand now that businesses have to, you know, transition a lot online. So I'm, mm -hmm. I just got a bit lucky with that for sure. And I know that like other businesses have been like just impacted so much worse. Like I feel like in terms of my growth, <clears throat> the external influences haven't really changed anything. Um, like there hasn't been any like less growth. However, what has changed, and that's actually um, a big aha moment for me is my ability to work. So I, when I was struggling a lot, even in the summer or throughout the entire year, like I started being really hard on myself because I compared myself to like the amount of work I could do like a year ago, like a year ago when I was still like at uni, I had no problem to like literally get up in the morning at six, 
and start my uni and then go to work and then do my business and then like work like easy eight, nine hours per day. Whereas now I'm like, and, and it was now I'm kind of getting back to being able to work like a little bit more, but like in all honesty, when I was really, really struggling and like lockdown and stuff like that, I couldn't work more than like four hours efficiently and effectively per day, like, you know, productive work. Um, and that's, if you're running your own business and building it, that's not a lot really. Um, so I kind of learned to be okay with that though. And it's a big lesson for me that I do want to build my business to run um, without me as well, or like with less, like I'm, a, I'm like my business. So there, it's not a business that I can just sell one day because <laughs> it's like around me. Um, but I think that's a big part that like, I do want to build a business in a way that I do not have to sit on my desk for eight, nine hours per day, simply because there are always going to be points in life where your work is being impacted, you know, no matter if that is, you know, having a baby like you or, or if you're going through like a personal tragedy or something is happening, you're going through a breakup or whatever it is. And um, I think that's a big lesson that like, I do want to build my business in a way that I can take time off and I can work less. Um, but I did also realize like big part is like, oftentimes if we have less time, we still get the same amount of stuff done, right? Because like, if we have all day long to do our stuff, then we do take all day long. Um, whereas if you don't, then you don't, you know, it's always like we get the stuff done in the amount of time we, we give to ourselves. There's like this, this principle, which I can't remember how it's called. Um, so yeah, I think those are, are the things that like Corona impacted me. Um, and in yeah, but also in terms of like what I want to share with the world, um, I was a lot more keen to, you know, I started my membership, for example, during Corona, right? Because, um, well, I started my membership, when did I start it? In like May or June. And I just knew that community right now is something that people need, right? And instead of kind of targeting people or like creating my message in a way of like, go abroad now, like study abroad now, I was more like, have your study abroad plans been canceled? Do you not know what to do with your life now? Are you just waiting to go abroad and you feel so lost and you don't know what to do? Well, here is your community to help you through that. Here's your support system to figure out how to navigate in those times and still prepare yourself to go abroad when you can. So I also kind of shifted my content into what people now need. Like what do girls now that are going abroad and are abroad, what do they need? Um, so that's where I shifted like my, my messaging to sell my um, membership, my ebook, my videos and stuff like that. So really just adapting it to how can my experience serve people right now, like in this time, in that crisis and not kind of holding on to, yeah, but you know, I was selling the travel, like I was selling the living abroad. And then now, boom, there is lockdown and people can't leave their countries and study abroad programs are being canceled. Like I could have easily said, well, that niche doesn't work anymore. But those people are still struggling, <laughs> you know, like they still need help. They just need maybe different support and they need to hear different things. So I never lost sight of the people that I am helping. It's just the way I was helping them 
I adapted to what they need. And, and all of that, honestly, though, comes from what I needed myself. Like I, cause I, at the time was also abroad and I was like, shit, like that is crap right now. Like I can't just go home, you know? So I created videos of like, or like content great. I'm like stuck here now and I'm struggling and it's hard, but this is what is helping me, you know? Mm. So just really sharing my own way and my own, what I'm doing and how I'm dealing with it. And yeah. So kind of just always asking cool, like how can I help people by what I'm experiencing myself right now? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's so many gems there. Um, like what you're saying on the importance of, of serving the community where your community, where they're at and what they're actually experiencing, but then um, pulling those, those lessons based on what you need yourself is so important and so true. And, and also the need for community now more than ever. I mean, it's like, we can't just meet the people that we want to meet physically anymore, but that doesn't mean that we don't need people anymore. We need yeah. people more than ever and people are feeling more lonely than ever. And um, so creating those platforms and, I mean, there's so many things I, I would love to talk to you more about actually. And maybe that could be other interviews in the future in terms of creating those those extra income streams to support your business, which means to actually ultimately support your life and where you're at. And like you said, you know, having the ability and flexibility in your life to actually take a break when you need to and still have that steady income coming in. That's something that I, it's one of the tenets of wellness that I really believe in is the fact that wellness and inner wellness does not just mean the mental health aspect, the physical health aspect, but it actually also has a lot to do with the financial um, ability to support yourself too. So that's something I would love to talk to you about, just like how to create those streams of income. And I think that's something that people would love to hear. So definitely, if you're up for it for a future interview, I'd love to talk about that. Yes. Oh my God. That's so, such a good topic to talk about. And I love, I love talking about income streams and stuff because it's so fun, but I'm also still figuring it out. So I feel like it's also a good perspective from like someone who's like still super new to all of this and like not already has everything figured out. Cause I get so intimidated sometimes when I listen to like, I don't know, or like watch YouTube videos of like how I make a hundred K with my 10 income streams at age 22. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Uh, intimidated exactly. <laughs> exactly and it's so much more relatable to somebody who's who's figuring it out who's you know a, a, some steps ahead but it's still like knowing the struggle of just having one income stream or not even that yeah. so exactly. there's definitely so many people who need to to know that um I'm excited to do that yes let's yes do that. let's do mm -hmm. that but for now, let's wrap up this interview. It's been such a pleasure to speak with you, Lara. And you just have so much to share, so much wisdom. <laughs> Thanks. I love podcast interviews. Like I, I was literally, because I did stop my podcast. I keep like uploading randomly, but like I was actually brainstorming that I kind of want to bring it back just to like talk with people. Because I just, 
like even just for myself I mean you can probably relate like having a podcast interview is just so like nice because you're like actually you get to communicate and you know you don't sit at home all the time alone <laughs> it's great <laughs> exactly exactly I love that and I feel like now in corona times it's such a great way to meet people connect with people yeah. and to go deep with people not just you know just chat superficially or like you know you can actually go deep with people really get to know people's struggles who they serve what they want to do it's great love it I definitely think you should do that yay oh thank you so much for having me it was very very fun I so enjoyed it all right speak to you another time then bye bye <laughs>